0: Standing for Life. Personally Opposed does nothing to actually stand up for the protection of innocent human beings. It does nothing to help. It's coming from a place of pain and a culture full of broken psyches trying to cover up for the trauma of abortion and rejected motherhood. Standing for Truth. You got three days in the belly of a giant fish trying to figure out why you went west when God specifically told you to go east. But we all do this. You're not going to confess something the priest has never heard. You haven't invented any new sins. Whatever your struggle, you're not alone. That's what Jesus came to do. He came to heal brokenness. This is ready to stand on the Spirit Catholic Radio Network. Here's your host, Cullen Harrod. Hello and welcome to you. This is Ready to Stand Spirit Catholic Radio Network. You're home for a weekly discussion on how to build a culture of life. I am Cullen Harold. Cullen at KBSS.com is the email C-U-L-L-E-N at KVSS.com. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Very happy to be with you. We are heading out west today. I'm very happy to be joined by Linda Logsdon. Linda is the executive director of the Women's Resource Center of North Platte. She is kind enough to join me today. Linda, thank you so much for taking the time this morning.
1: You are welcome. Thanks for having me.
0: Well, I'm excited to dive into this conversation. I love talking to uh, the people who are involved in pregnancy help organizations, the people who run the centers. I just think it's such a beautiful work that you do, but I want to start with your story specifically and just hear a little bit about how you came to be involved in the work that you do and how you ended up at the Women's Resource Center.
1: Sure. Sure. I actually moved to Nebraska from Illinois with my husband, and we worked for uh, the Salvation Army actually. And uh, we worked with group homes, at risk teens. And I often uh, times connected with the Women's Resource Center for abstinence training. For um, our girls, oftentimes, wanted to go and volunteer and sort through donations of clothing and things like that. So that was my first encounter. Um, as they, um, the Women's Resource Center here in, in town had fundraisers, I would support those that were um, involved with the center. But it wasn't until I was actually in between jobs, I had had surgery and on my shoulder and some different things, but a board member came to my door and said, We would really like for you to consider applying for our director's position that is available and so I began praying about that and praying with my husband, and God just just really uh, just brought a desire in my heart to go to the Women's Resource Center and to apply, and so after several interviews and things like that, God opened the door, and my husband, who also, he said, you know, I've always been pro-life, he said, but this really gives me a, at, you know, very close opportunity to um, support you and support the Women's Resource Center here in our local area so we're we're just very excited how God really opened that door and brought me in it wasn't anything I have to be honest that was on my radar but God knew that I needed to be there and so I've been I just celebrated eight years of being the executive director so it's really exciting
0: did you say that a board member came and knocked on your door
1: Yes, they Do you think, like, did they they knock
0: on other people's doors also? Or they weren't, like, going door to door looking for. No,
1: no, no. No, I think it, no, I think it was that, you know, like I said, I I had ended a position and um, one of the board members knew that I was uh, in the process of looking for other positions or considering, even actually moving back to Illinois and. Uh, so God just really, I think, led them my way and said, we would really like, you know, your name has come up. We'd really like for you to consider this. And so um, that's why I just say it was like it was God opening the door because I, I wasn't looking for that. And, and in fact, it wasn't even a position that was known to be available yet sure. because their director needed to step down for some medical reasons. And so it really hadn't been made public yet that they were even looking. So so. I I was really thankful that God did that because I started in Illinois. I was working with daycare, then I worked with teens, then I was working with senior adults, and now I'm back to working with those young families, those babies and young moms. And so God just has brought me full circle. It's it's exciting to see that.
0: Was there any hesitation on your part, or was it pretty pretty much you felt like God was? Yeah, I know this is what I'm supposed to do here.
1: All the, I. The confirmations that he kept bringing, whether it be through scripture, through talking with other people, um, talking to the board members that, you know, I was interviewing with, um, it just – the the only hesitation was really more about um, just time and things like that and just was I really qualified to do this. That was my, my hesitation, and, and there was the assurance that, no, you, you do – understand you're you're ready to do this and so and God especially confirming that and so and from my husband and so it was it was really um, just something that we just felt very good about and God just began answering um, prayers and we just have seen and we have made a with our women's resource center we've made a major move uh, in a sense across town but God has just been blessing our ministry and uh, the things that we're able to provide, and we've been growing and, and able to meet the needs of more uh, moms and dads, and, and so we're really grateful for that.
0: Well, you mentioned that you just celebrated your eighth anniversary of being the executive director there. What's something that you've learned there that has kind of surprised you over the years uh, that maybe you weren't expecting to learn when you first started out?
1: Well, I think one of the big things that has really stood out to me is is the need. Um, and a lot of what we tease that we are kind of one of those best-kept secrets in our community. We're actually in our 51st year of service in our community, yet there's a lot of people that have never heard of us. And it's one of those services, unless you have a need, oftentimes you might not learn about the services that we provide. But I've just been surprised at, again, how many people um, are – are supportive of this ministry and um, how many people really need this ministry and the people that we get to see. And that's, that's probably as much as it's been that fun kind of um, revelation to me that there are so many people when we had our first banquet and I see nearly, you know, 450 people all gathering together to support life. It's like, Wow, you know, I just wouldn't have even thought about that, you know. So that's been an exciting revelation to me that there are so many that support this type of of work, and that there really is such a great need for
0: it. I don't want to be assuming things, but I know you're out in North Platte. There's a large rural area surrounding you. Is it safe to assume that you serve a lot of different? areas sort of out that direction or that you kind of draw from all different directions at the Women's Resource we, Center?
1: Yes, we do. We um, North Platte is really a hub here, and we have a lot of surrounding communities. The nearest pregnancy help center to the south is about an hour south. To the east, we do have a pregnancy help center that we actually were able to help establish Twenty uh, some years ago, um, but they they are in Ogallala, and then there is the Pregnancy Health Center that's to the uh, that was west Ogallala, east uh, to um, Kearney, and uh, we all have a little bit difference in the services that are provided or we're able to provide. Um, but yes, we have a lot of people that uh, we are able to serve. And quite frankly, there are those that will come from a long distance because they want to uh, keep their coming for a pregnancy test um, really a secret. And so they they come to us to just keep that confidentiality. But uh, we just had this last weekend, our walk for life, and we were actually in 11 locations. So and those are all communities that support what we do here in North Platte, and we have clients from those communities as well. And so that is exciting to see how God is allowing our reach to go to so many different areas.
0: Tell me about the Walk for Life last weekend. What? Tell me a little bit about that.
1: Well, we have coordinators that are in these different communities, and what they do is work with ambassadors from churches To find people to walk, and each walker raises support. So they find people that will pledge uh, five, 10, 15, 500, whatever dollars to them to participate in our walk. And um, so we had uh, over uh, somewhere around 400 plus, we haven't done all those totals yet, of people that walked for us in these 11 communities either Saturday or Sunday. And it's a two mile walk. But it's more emphasis on just our opportunity to let people know about our services and then to raise funds to do those services. And so um, we had, we were, God bless so much. And and we raised over $85,000 in uh, the weekend for that. And so God is good in that regard. And it does give us an opportunity of the the walk part is the fellowship time to be together with other like-minded people who believe in life. And that is what we, we just want to keep telling that story, how important life is, that it's God-given, and that we want to celebrate that life.
0: Linda Logsdon is my guest. This is Ready to Stand, Spirit Catholic Radio Network. Let's talk a little bit about the Women's Resource Center. You said it's over 50 years old now. What Kind of services do you offer there, and what might a woman experience if she were to show up at your door looking for help?
1: Well, we always want um, men and women because we do serve men as well. But we want them to come knowing that they are—it's a safe place that they're going to be loved, they're going to be seen, they're going to be heard, that they are special. We want them to feel that when they come, and so when they come, we we call them by name. We we give them water or something to drink when they come in, and we just want to spend time with them. And our services, we we provide um, everything free and confidential. Um, we provide uh, parenting classes. We provide pregnancy tests and limited OB ultrasounds. Um, out here in the West, we don't have as many um, of those that are seeking abortions every day, but they do come, and so we are able to provide that ultrasound to help them in that decision because we want to help them choose life, and we provide our services during pregnancy and then after that baby's born and as long as we can provide a service to them, but we have parenting training. We have a cooking class every month that is, you know, well attended and, and very much loved, and in that cooking class, we're trying to help our moms recognize that on their budgets it's much better to prepare their own meals than to go out and food plus that table time with your children is in your family is so important uh, but we also have other life skill classes like um we just did a financial class that was an excellent class and we have a baby boutique So um, our clients earn what we call baby bucks when they come and they attend and they participate. And so they can spend that in the baby boutique. And we just recently added a client food pantry. We find that our clients are in need of food. And so if they can spend those baby bucks on actual food, then perhaps then that will free up those dollars to pay for rent, to pay for uh, gas in their car or utilities or things like that. Um, We also provide group classes. So we have a men's group and a women's group. Our men's class is 24-7 Dad. So we have a great um, male peer counselor that meets with them. His name is Steve. and And, and he himself is a husband, a dad, a grandpa. You know, uh, just a a great guy. And he talks to these guys about being that dad, that new dad, how to be uh, a support of that family and be a leader in that family. So just great stuff there. So those are just some of the basic things that we provide. And we have an online um, curriculum that we can actually uh, do it in-house, but we can also send that out. So like we were talking earlier, when we have people from those outlying communities, if they can't come to us, we can go to them with the training and we can then follow up with that and call and talk to them about that and uh, just see how it's going to be helpful in implementing in their family.
0: What is the response that you get from men and women who show up at your door? Maybe they're not sure exactly what services you offer. Maybe they're not even 100% sure what sort of help they need, but they just show up and they know they need something and you encounter them. Your approach is, is charity and just a welcoming environment. What's like? What's the response that you often get from women who and men, again, who uh, aren't really sure what to expect, but they show up at your door? And you engage them in that way.
1: Well, let me just tell you just briefly. Uh, two weeks ago, we were standing around, and we, we try to start our day with prayer, and um, and most usually we're able to do that. Sometimes our phone starts ringing, and people start coming in, and that gets interrupted, and so we might have you know two or three praying instead of the whole group. But this one morning, just as we were saying Amen, a gal walked in, and she said, "Amen." I knew <laughs> this was where I needed I to love be it. today. So that was really great. But we we find oftentimes after we bring them in, you know, just like you said, sometimes they're not really sure what they need, um, how we might be able to help. We say, well, just come on in. Let's talk about it. So we share with them what our services are, what we can do. We find out, first of all, what is it, you know, what's happening in their life? You know, why did they even come? And so oftentimes when they're leaving, they're like, wow, I'm just so glad I came. I didn't know you guys were here. Or they'll say, I wish I would have known this for my first child that you we were here, and I could have come and learned and been better prepared to be a parent. And so we find that they're really thankful. And we have, we have this little deal that um, if you bring a friend, you get some extra baby bucks. Well, we have in particular this one girl. I don't know how many of her friends she finds she's <laughs> out and about. She sees someone pregnant. She says, you need to go to the Women's Resource Center, you know. And so she, she's, she's walking our, the streets. Yeah. yeah so she's people. people. That's right. To bring them in. So it's really, thank, you know, we're really thankful for that.
0: Are there any common themes or situations that are sort of a regular occurrence or commonalities between the men and women that show up?
1: You know, we're finding more and more that there is a lot of drug use and drug abuse. Uh, We're finding homelessness. Um, So we we call them uh, couch surfers. They they just stay at one friend's house or somebody that they kind of know. They sleep there until they have to move on to another place. Um, Definitely employment. Uh, being, you know, especially oftentimes these unplanned pregnancies come in those latter teens, early 20s, and they're not really, perhaps they haven't gone to school, they're getting ready to go on to college, or they just really haven't found a niche of where they want to plant themselves, and so, you know, definitely um, just that lack of employment training, and um, and they don't, so often our clients don't have those good positive role models in their life or a good network of people around them to help them and they they just kind of feel alone or we find this that because they recognize I need to pull away from that drug abuse that drug use they need all new friends because those that they spent time with that's what they did and they they recognize I need to stay away so there was a time when our clients You know, we really kept things confidential, names and people and all that kind of stuff. Well, we still do that, but we find that our clients like to see other people. They want to network, and I think that's why our our group classes and our life skill classes are so well attended, because they want new friends. They need new friends. So those are just some of the common things that we see, that they they really – They really recognize as we work with them, talk with them, that they they need to just make some big changes in their life. And uh, we try to help them get established in whatever ways they might need.
0: I spent many years, several years, working as a drug and alcohol counselor um, when I lived Mm -hmm. in a different part of the country. And some of the stories that you hear and the situations that you encounter are just Absolutely heartbreaking. So, yes. God bless you for wading into that and uh, being willing to encounter those people as well. Just like we know that Jesus would. Uh, but such a blessing yes. to to have you out there. So, if a person comes in, maybe they have a drug or alcohol problem. You have places that you can refer them out to. There.
1: We do. Um, we and that's really with with any. Um, person that comes in, if there is really a need for more professional services, um, because we're not, we at our center anyway are not, I know some centers do have, but we do not have um, any actual, Well, I just, I should take that back. I have one person right now that is kind of volunteering for us that has some professional training, but we, um, we want to make sure that we are connecting to the resources in our community, whether it's doctors, uh, therapy, Um, counseling with an actual doctor if there are needs we try to connect them to the best services that are available so that they can get the help they need we want to encourage them because oftentimes again they just they don't know where to go they they kind of know what their needs are but they don't really know what to do about it and so we want to help direct that and I'm so grateful for our community there are a lot of services that are available so we just want to utilize those to the very best. There's no sense in reinventing the will. If it's already working, we just want to connect with that.
0: What would you say is the best part of your job?
1: Oh, I just love seeing all the babies come in and just to see the, the smiles on our moms and just the, the sense of that, that good pride that, you know, I've, I've done something um with making some better decisions, I've made better decisions for me, I've prepared for my baby and I am going to do my very best to provide for them. I mean that's that you know hearing and learning their stories and then being able to share those stories that's that's one of the best parts of, of my job every day.
0: I would think that being able to encounter these women and the couples too God ignoring yes. the men mm-hmm. here but being able to encounter these women, these couples right at the brink of maybe helplessness or hopelessness, Mm -hmm. or we don't know where to go next. And then being able to journey with them through the pregnancy and then having them walk through the door that first time holding their baby, that has to be like an incredible high.
1: It is. It is. And it's, it's so rewarding for us and i have a fabulous staff and volunteers that come in and they do such great work listening to so many stories and helping these young moms and sharing from their own life experiences but it is every every time there's you know we might be you know just kind of going through the day and just like you said somebody walks in it's like wow there's just been such a change such an improvement in just their outlook for life and to know that we've had a little part of that. It is very wonderful. Very
0: wonderful. Linda Logsdon is my guest, Ready to Stand, Spirit Catholic Radio Network. Linda, what would you say is the biggest difficulty that faces pregnancy help organizations at this time?
1: Well, it's, you know, we are not... Uh, federally, we, we, I should say, we do not take federal or state funding, and that's what we do. And, and I think that uh, probably a good majority of pregnancy health centers are the same way. We want to be able to share Christ in a way where we're not uh, dictated in how we have to do that. And uh, so it's the battle is always to continue to find people that want to be supportive of what we do, whether they're giving of their time or their talent. Um, but, and, and their treasure. And so we're fundraising is always a big part of it. And that's, you know, but what I love about the fundraising again, is that opportunity to share the stories, but that's probably, you know, that's a difficult part, but probably the hardest thing is, is when there are individuals after you've talked with them and you've shared with them, and they still choose abortion for their, their baby. And that's a very hard thing to do. And we just have to give that to the Lord and know that, you know, it's hard because that's a life lost. But it's also hard because we know that that gal that's made that decision is most likely going to encounter some hardships in her own life there's going to be a shame. There's going to be a guilt. There's going to be a hurt because they have taken the life of that baby within them. That was a gift from God. So that's probably the hardest part of my job is when I know that we've done our very best and we and, and all we can do then when they walk out the door is to be praying. But then when we happen to see in the paper that a baby was born to someone that came through that we weren't sure We are rejoicing. We are rejoicing because they chose life for that baby. So that's a great thing.
0: Two things that come to mind uh, hearing you say that. One, highlighting again, I feel like I bring this up every week on this program, highlighting the need for prayer for everybody involved, right? (laughs) Pregnancy centers, the women who walk in, the people who do the abortions, the people who have had abortions. That's the other thing I was thinking is that there's such a need out there for people who do choose to follow through with that abortion, to help yeah. them find healing in their grief, to help them experience yeah. the mercy and forgiveness of Christ after the fact for those that come looking for it as well. But again, yeah. always the importance of prayer. Uh, Linda, we yeah. have just a couple minutes left. If people want to get involved, they want to learn more. Where can they go to find more information or maybe to get involved?
1: I know that they can always look in their own local area for a pregnancy help center. They may find some uh, local pregnancy help center that they can come alongside just to go in and just say, you know, I want to participate in the ministry here. What is your need? Because every center has perhaps some different uh, specific needs. I know for us uh, here in our area, they can definitely go to um, our website, which is Pregnancy North Platte. Dot com, and um, or they can call us at five three four one four four zero. But I know that also there is a collaboration, a coalition that is beginning in our state where there will be a, a a website where you can put your location in and it will show you a pregnancy health center. And so that'll be not only for individuals in our commu- in our communities that need help, but for those that want to give help. So.
0: All right. Lots of different ways to get involved. Linda Logsdon is the Executive Director of the Women's Resource Center of North Platte. PregnancyNorthPlatte.com is the website if you want to go and learn more. PregnancyNorthPlatte.com. Linda, thank you so much for joining me this morning. Thank you so much for the work that you do, for answering the call of God to to serve in the role that you do, and for encountering the women in the way that you do just absolutely doing the work of Christ. I appreciate it from way over here. And again, I appreciate you taking the time to join me this morning.
1: You're welcome. It's been my pleasure. And I always love to have the opportunity to share how God is at work in these young lives.
0: Amen. Okay. Calling at KVSS. Amen. Call at kvss.com is the email, cullen at kvss.com. You can visit spiritcatholicradio.com slash ready to stand for more information on this program or to listen to any past episodes. Keep the dial tuned right here to Spirit Catholic Radio, Catholic programming around the clock, helping you encounter Jesus. Ready to Stand will return next Saturday at 5 o'clock. Of course, you can always catch the Encore Sunday at 5.30. We'll talk more about how to build a culture of life. In the meantime, God bless you. Be ready to stand. And as always, be not afraid. You've just heard Ready to Stand on the Spirit Catholic Radio Network. Send your questions and comments to Cullen at KVSS.com. That's Cullen, C-U-L-L-E-N at KVSS.com. Be ready to stand every Saturday afternoon at 5 and Sunday afternoon at 5.30.